Welcome to the AA Sports Podcast, Minor League Feel with Major League Discussion. Here are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the AA Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Alan and Alan. What's up, everyone? So, you know, well, we're at day 25, six, Is that seven. what it is? <laughs> I know MLB, I mean, uh, NBA the other day was finally a month after they stopped games. So we've been a month in from that. Wow. So, yeah, man. Probably got another month or so to go. Yeah, knows? I mean, it's been, it's been so long. I, I've seen people were online betting on ping pong and eye racing and some other random stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> It's tough. Man, another sad news, man. I heard the XFL folded. They, they filed for bankruptcy. I'm so sad. I think it definitely had to do somewhat with the corona with missing those last couple of games. Oh, I think I think that's exactly what happened. So yeah. They were on the right track. Maybe, I don't know, maybe someone comes along and helps them out. I guess only time really will tell with that one with their bankruptcy. So, But, you know, we're here about some baseball. First thing first, let's talk about some baseball news. All right. So... First thing first, uh, just <laughs> unfortunately, like last week, we had to start off with some little start sad off with news. Start the sad news, yep. Um, so today, Yankees co-owner Hank Steinberg has passed away at the age of 63, from apparently from a long-standing health issue. So, you know, the co-owner of the Yankees with his brother, um, he's kind of took a step back a couple years, but he was definitely right there as he slowly took over from his dad. Yeah, his dad George was George Steinbrenner was was uh, somebody really popular as well. He died in 2010, and Hank passed away today. Um, he was he's been sickly, right? Yeah, he's apparently been battling some uh, some with a liver issue. Um, a lot of people said that he was definitely more like his dad than his brother. Like they saw more. He was the the make a gut fly decision. You know, we want this guy. Like no thinking about it. So. But he definitely took the backseat the last couple of years. There was a liver issue with the family. So, fortunately, he did pass away today. Um, so, it's a little sad thing. And, you know, eventually when baseball get back, there'll be a patch. They'll celebrate them. And Yankees will do right by them. So, but, yeah, you know. All fortunately, right. rest in peace. Yeah. So, next news uh, that came out today is that MLB um, top executives are taking a Round a roughly pay cut to make sure that their player, not players, but their employees are paid at least through the end of May. That's good. Yeah, I heard uh, that um, the commissioner, was, Rob Manfred, was taking a pay cut, and so were some of the staff members. Yeah, roughly about 35% pay cut to help pay the baseball employees in that office and then rather other baseball employees through the league, so at least through the end of May. So, All right. Because, you know, their hope is to play sometime in May so they can start recruiting money so Oof. they can still pay their employees. That's their goal. And, so. I, and I've heard mixed feelings from the players about starting in May in the all, like, you know, uh, Grapefruit League or Cactus League just because of the fact that they're going to be stuck there and they're talking about, you know, seeing their families and things like that. I, a lot of players definitely didn't like the, the thought of going to just Arizona. Yeah. Um, some people were for it, but a lot of players, like especially people like Zach Wheeler and them, are expecting children. Like I want to be around my family, especially it's my first kid. Yeah, that makes perfect so, sense. So it's you know it's going to be a battle. They haven't agreed upon anything yet. We said last week if they want to start early May, they had to do it by the end of the last week, and here we are next week, and still nothing has been agreed upon. So, 
But, you know, this issue will definitely help pay the bills for at least two months. So good for them to make them stepping up. So apparently the reported number was, you know, $170 million through May to make. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, speaking of spending money, uh, it looks like the MLB is also looking to purchase the minor league and seize operations. So we all heard last into last year that they were talking about shrinking the minor league system, um, baseball and the minor league system are in negotiations will put on hold because of the whole, you know, COVID-19 pandemic. But now they're getting ready to start renegotiating and has came out that baseball is really to seize the whole operation. Yeah, and it looks like they're restructuring a plan to do so. Yeah, um, so there's a 50-50 chance of even maybe the minor league system even surviving after this. Man, that would be crazy. So this is might actually help the upper hand with maybe it will be due season it now. If that is the case, so then, but you know, um, well, like you said, some of the minor league teams were on the chopping block, yeah, and those include the Staten Island Yankees and our Rumble Ponies, <laughs> yeah. Um, so what this is pretty much doing, I think they're they only want, I think, a rookie league, a single A, a double A, and a triple A. That makes sense, it, it makes sense. There's I mean, like there's, there's a lot of A, there's yeah. lower A, there's this rookie golf league, then. So it makes sense. I, I was confused when I found out there was more than just single A. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a short season. There's, there's a dance. R- there's a ball. I'm like, yeah. why do we need so many? I understand a lot of people. You know, especially when you sign your young and young like Cuban players and stuff. They're like 16, 17. But well, if you believe in them that much, they need to go straight to A. Well, like you said, the MLB is looking to eliminate about forty minor league teams. Um, and also getting rid of the MILB office in Florida. Yep. So the biggest thing, I think, with them, um, what people are hearing is MLB do want to expand to 32 teams. Okay. So, okay, so you're adding two teams, which that would be probably most likely one of the minor league cities, the bigger cities that could, you know, hold a, a major league stadium. So that's two right there. So you're down to 38. And it would only also saves like, what, about six minor league teams, if yeah. that? Then it would save eight minor league teams. Okay. So you're talking about 10 teams. So it'll make the list go down to 30. Ish. But still, it's still sad to see minor league team systems just disappear, especially 30 of them. I mean, yeah. think about it. That's, that's a lot. And that's pretty much roughly be one from each team if if you think about it. Ish. And, and like you said, if the MILB, the minor league system, estimating to have a 50-50% chance of surviving as an independent operating entity, oh, well. And the big thing is... um. The main, like, I think where we went, um, minor league teams would switch around the teams. I think it would be set teams. The farm system team will put more money into those teams to have better facilities. And oh, that would be that good. would, I think, would be more benefit, right? Because you and I, we've seen some minor, some league, certain, some minor league yeah. uh, ballparks, and they remind me of like a rec league almost. Yeah. So, I agree. If the if the end game is to make the minor leagues a better experience for fan goers and people to go and say, hey, this is a great professional style yeah. ball field, and then it makes sense because that gets them hooked on the parent team. Yeah, especially if there's no ability to go to a major league stadium. Exactly. If, if you like, you know it's a five hour drive, but you know, 45 minute drive, I can go take it to a minor league and have the, almost the same experience. Right. Like you and I, we never got to go to the games when we were young. And I get it. It's a, it's a hike for your parents and take everybody, all the kids. You and have to the go. Money, even exactly. Now. Parking, exactly. Tickets, so, so we're, we're used drinks. to seeing minor league games. Yes. And I, I love, 
I love Harbor Park. I love the tides. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice to see a more professional setting, like you said, to, to make it feel yeah. more like a, a professional experience. Even it is professional ball, but feel more like a major league experience. Yeah. Like even like making the slight adjustments of certain parks, you know, the fan experience. Um, it just could be increased very much so. And as MLB is trying to get more fans to come out to the games or watch the game itself, I think the fan experience is a big part of it. And especially for the areas that don't have a major league and they have minor league, this could be introduced like, okay, I love baseball. This is a great experience. I need to watch the bigger game on TV. Well, it also help if, if the bigger league, like if the parent team, for example, here we have the Tides and then we have the Orioles. Yes, we get to watch the Orioles every time they play if we want to, but just making sure, like you said, that if they have the minor league team in that system, it'd be nice if they have, have access to watching the MLB team as True. well on TV because it's not always a case. Yeah. Like forever, the Tides were the Mets and we didn't, we were never going to get them on no. TV except for, you know, random time on TBS or something. Yeah. Growing up until they got the MLB package. But also available. That needs to change too. <laughs> I think they're talking about no blackout restrictions are going to be lifted sooner or later. I hope so. Um, but but besides that, um, I think that even before sta- stating that, the MLB has been making measures to bring the teams closer to the parent team anyway. So they should be in the yeah. The, the biggest TV thing, especially with Mets yeah. finally coming back to Syracuse, was when your farm team was in Vegas and you need someone to come up because of injury or something. Right. You're talking about that player would not be ready to play that next game between a red-eye flight yep. and finally getting into the first thing in the morning, and if, especially <laughs> if an afternoon game, you can... With re- some jet lag, probably. Yeah. But what, I, but what, yeah, and what I'm saying is if the minor league team is closer to the parent team, you are ha- you have more ability to draw on those fans to watch your parent team as well. Definitely. Then you have a better chance of getting Syracuse fans to watch the Mets game than Vegas fans. Yes. <laughs> Definitely agree. So, so yeah, so... We'll see if MLB can pull that off somehow, and I, th- the way it's going, it's probably going to happen. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I'm sure. We'll see what uh, negotiations do. You know, they try to right. fight more money, but ultimately, I think if there's some one agreement where if they can both be happy, if they can do it, if not, well, well, if anything, I don't know how the minor league system will, will operate. You know, as is, but with the coronavirus happening, I'm sure the MLB has more. On their side to get it done now. And especially it's going to be something where the owners of these minor league teams are going to have to sell. That's what I'm saying. That's teams. what I'm saying. So this gives them the, the ball in their court. They have the upper hand in the situation, yeah. I think. Um, so speaking of that, uh, let's move on. So now that the season could possibly be canceled, what happens with the Mookie Betts trade? So someone asked this, and it was a great – because I even asked this. Like It was like, what would happen? Would people rejoice? Players go back? Like – so, um, you know, first off, first, you know, if the season canceled, they already said that the year will count. So, like Mookie Betts, Springer, GTA Ramudo, Trevor Bauer, and um, Strowman will automatically come free agents. Wow. So, and then this canceling season will also affect uh, Dodgers' most likely second baseman's year, top prospect Gavin Lux. Okay. He's most likely to play second base. So, he doesn't get count to eligibility because he hasn't played that much in major league. Right. So he would so Dodgers get an extra year after him, so he wouldn't touch free agency later. But when people so ultimately this would happen if it does get canceled. Dodgers would get zero years out of Mookie Betts. They would only get two years out of David Price and thirty two million from the Red Sox still. But they could make Betts a qualifying offer, you know, get a somewhat draft pack back. But Red Sox will get four years of Alex Virgo, six years of Jeter Downs, and six years of Connor Wong out of the deal. Yeah. So 
and then the 48 million is supposed to be deferred in 18 equal payments starting tomorrow, but they said that's been postponed, of course, for reasons. Um, but then they had a good point. You know, the Dodgers will be screwed too because then Jock Peterson becomes a free agent. Bets. So, and then you lost Virgo in the trade. So now their outfield is wiped. Right. Um, so <laughs> it, it makes me think of this question. If the season is ultimately canceled and these players end up walking next year, do you think the league will intervene and give them some kind of compensation because they were screwed? I think they're going to have to because they can't just automatically do the trade back because here's the, then they said you would open Pandera box because then you got to think about this. Reds will argue about the trade for Trevor Bauer because they mostly agree upon the end of last year and then this season. Mm-hmm. Part of the trade is why they did them. Then also early in the season when uh, Diamondbacks trade for Sonny Monte, instead of, you know, they're losing one of their two years with him. So they only have him one year. And then Corey Kluber with Texas, they only have him for one less year now. So all these, you're going to have to do something so, if, so. Right. So I agree. Um, I think if for some reason the season's canceled and they don't get anything out of these guys and these guys end up leaving the team, I think the league should compensate them somehow, whether it be like a lottery pick in the draft or maybe even like a, a tax break or, or a or break on the salary cap. It's got to be something where you get a, a tax relief and also maybe a compensation second round pick or something. That's what I'm saying. They got to do something. Like what you would do, even though if they don't offer the contract or something, you got to work with these teams because they're going to be very God. Yeah, I don't want to be Rob uh, Manfred at this time uh, if that happens. I don't want to be him right now because I feel like this is a bad situation regardless. Any (laughs) commissioner, business, CEO out there, like like even like Bob Eager from Disney is hopping back in the role because this terrible situation. So it's hopefully it doesn't get canceled so we don't have to worry about it. There's some way they can work something out and – this is just a question mark into, you know, baseball. Like, what if? Hopefully, we never have to see it where there's no <laughs> baseball for a year. Because well, then we would have to postpone this podcast for a while. Well, yeah. Well, especially <laughs> after the season that the Mets had last year. I, I hate to give it that momentum, man, because it's, it's just... only thing that would work our benefits. We wouldn't really lose Noah Syndergaard <laughs> for a year because <laughs> there'd be no baseball. But, you know. But let's go ahead and get some little um, subject, next kind of subject we talk about. Um, so on Bleacher, it will be, you know, people were finding articles to talk about. I know on Bleacher, they said about, you know, the steroid error and Barry Bonds, the the summer that saved baseball between McGuire and Sosa home run. I remember that, man. <laughs> I was super excited. I'm going to tell you how bad how bad of a, a collector I was at this time. What are, what are we? We were about um, 10 years old, I guess, 10 or 11 years old, yeah, probably, in 98 we or something. Yeah, it was 98. And uh, I, I remember it because, you know, one of my favorite players as a minor league was Benny Agbayani and Jay Payton, and those guys were on the team. But besides that, that was the year, or that was about the time, those were about the time when McGuire and Sosa were going back and forth and back and forth and just racking up home runs. And I remember it like it was yesterday, but I also remember going up to the guy who was selling the cards and I bought a Sammy Sosa card for like $32, dude. I was Ugh. like, I was like, now looking back, I'm like, God, <laughs> only thing I remember the guy, you know, from Harvard Park getting cards and stuff was His I remember daughter was, <laughs> was, um, I actually did one of the packs with Sosa's rookie and uh-huh. got Sosa's rookie. I still have it. Nice. I went through my cards the other day and find it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going through cards. Like, oh, here it is. Sammy says, I still have it. But, you know, it's a great time. It did save baseball, ultimately, because it came hot news. 
everyone loved the power. So steroid aired or not, that saved baseball. But um, Bleacher started doing um, what MLB teams has hit on the most first-round picks in their career. Um, I, they did by 10-plus career wars and then 2-plus war projections for 2020 and then what kind of top prospects they have for this year in the 100 prospects. All right, cool. And they also talk about their top hits. So yep. let's start it off with uh, number 30. Uh, we'll talk briefly about 30 through uh, 11, then we'll go detail the top 10. Sure. So 30, we have Cleveland Indians, 14.3%. Yeah, and I like their top hits, though. Yeah, uh, of course, you know, Manny. Manny CC, Ramirez. That's great. And Lindor. CC Sabathia, Greg Swindell, Francisco Lindor. Yeah, and yeah. Charles Nagy. Great. Um, so, and then the next one on uh, number 29, wow. I laugh because... And it makes sense because they don't draft well. They purchase their players. Yeah. They buy their so team. So Yankees at 29 at 15%. Of course, their top hit is Derek Jeter. Of course. And Thurman Munson, Carl Evett, and Scott McGregor. And then Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, of course. Aaron Judge. But it's, it's funny because you think a team that's so good that always wins the titles, what is it, 27? You guys know you guys keep counting. You tell me. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, if they got that many rings, you would think they can get some good scouts out there. To look at some and, guys and get and some good picks. Maybe it's because they're always in the top, but still, you're going to get a good pick first round or second round. And then remember, the team in the 90s was because when Steinberg got suspended and someone stepped in and made those draft and made picks. made the best. Yeah, see, this is crazy. Got rid of so, but, and then the funny thing, when they put the, the Yankees failed to sign two first round picks in oh. 98, Mark Pryor, mm. and then Garrett Cole in 2008 at high school. That's nuts. They, they're doing something wrong there. They needed to... Uh, Readjust their thinking. Yeah. So Padres had 16.9%. Okay. Their top hits was Dan, Dave uh, Winfield. Dave Winfield, Derek, Derek Lee. Lee. Wow. Okay. Andy um, Beans. Kevin Reynolds and Shane Mack. Okay. Uh, jo- Joey Hamlet, number 891. Derek Lee, 1493. And Dustin uh, Hermanson, number three in 94, gave the Padres three straight first round hits in the early 90s. Wow, they haven't done much since then, but no. their team has still been pretty decent. But if that's their if that's their hits, they've been out of it for a little while. Yeah, so I think that's why that GM out there is getting that heat because they haven't done well, and we'll Ooh, see. So I like at twenty seven, twenty seven Colorado Rockies, of course, a younger team, so they don't have a real big, you know, percentage wise. But the but hits, their hits they, have they are did spot on. Yeah, Todd Helton, Troy Trubisky, Trevor Story. Ooh. Jake uh, Westbrook and Kyle Freeland. All right. So, you know, um, you can't really, you know, Todd Helen finished the second uh, highest career war, the first round picks from 95 draft trail, and only Roy Holiday. He went eight overall while Holiday went 17. So, good picks there, of course, with that young team. Uh, the number 26, we had the Pittsburgh Pirates. Of course, their top hit is Barry Bonds. Of course. Absolutely. And, yeah. Andrew McCutcheon. That's fair. Uh, Jason Cadell, Richie Herbert, and then, of course, Garrett Cole. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. And then now we're going to tw- 25. All right. 25, we got the San Francisco Giants at an 18.7%. Their top hits were Will Clark. With a 56.5 war, Matt Williams at a 46.6, Buster Posey, 41.8, and Mad Bum at 36.8, and then Gary Matthews at a 30.4. It's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Oh, Mad Bum and Buster Posey, really good. Yeah, of course, the older teams, so they had a more first-round pick. So, of course, so. And then next two teams are tied right now with Ooh. Chicago White Sox and the Washington Nationals. You know, the Nationals are very young, so I get it. But I know, I always tell you this all the time, I love the way the Nationals draft. 
Yeah. Uh, we'll start off with the White Sox. So White Sox, of course, they have Frank, Frank Thomas, Thomas is number number one, Robin uh, Ventura, Chris Sale, Harold Baines, Harold Baines and Joey Gio Gonzalez. Yep. All right. And then Nationals, of course, you know, Ryan Zimmerman is their top one. That was the first pick of the year, or their first year, yep. uh, 2005, they picked him. Tim Wallach. I don't remember that guy too much. Well, that was more with when those Expos. The Expos? Oh, yeah. well, see, that doesn't even count, man. Uh, Strasburg, Star- Harper, and the Redon. Yeah, think about that. These guys, and, and, okay, so their top hits, all, all but one have played on this team at the same time. And I remember when I drafted Steven Strasburg because he was hyped up. He was like the one of the most yes. hyped up drafts at the time. Like no, it was him that Harper bat the bat. That's what I'm saying. Years. Like you, you usually don't get excited about uh, major league baseball drafts, but that year everybody was talking about Strasburg. Yeah, because Stras- that's what they helped that team. They made that miracle run to the World Series exactly. that year. And then me and Alan, we both knew Bryce Harper was going to be a good pick because we remember seeing Sports him on ESPN, yeah, or Sports Illustrated magazine when he was yeah. like 16, ranking yeah, the, as a catcher. Yeah, it was the baseball Michael Jordan or no, LeBron James. <laughs> so he yeah. so he graduated. A year early, joins a junior college just so he can get drafted earlier. Yeah, and yeah, man, and we knew that was back to back. We knew that was good. Yeah, they had, that was set them up. So then, so at number twenty, we have another tie. We have the Atlanta Braves and the Cubbies and the, and the Chicago Cubs at nineteen point four percent. Of course, the Braves, their big hit is Chipper Jones. Chipper, yep, monster. Dale yep. Murphy, jeez. Adam Wainwright, yep. Jason Hayworth, and Bob Horner. All right, that's pretty good, man. If you ask me. Uh, then the next one you said is the Cubs. They're yep. also at a 19.4. Their top hits were Rafael Palmero. You know, he's a beast. Yep. Josh Donaldson, Kerry Wood, Chris Bryant, John Garland. Yeah, really good guys. Yeah. So now we're getting <laughs> our top 20. At number 20, we have no – okay, we'll tie with – also with the Cubs and Braves. Okay. Is the Dodgers at 19.4. Their, of course, big hit right now is Curtin Clayshaw, Bob Recht, Rick Hornan, Rick Scott. Scuffle and then Paul Krinko. Canerco. Canerco. Of course, they have rising stars with Walker Brewer, Gavin Lux, who looks, and then Will Smith, and most likely will be added to this eventually if their stuff stands out. All right. And then you got the Blue Jays. Uh, their top hits were Roy Holiday, Sean Green. Uh, Sean Green, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, he played for the Mets. Yes. When we would. were when we were doing our thing, man. Like back in the, yep. we just watched a game. So ES or Facebook Live just streamed. It was the, it was the MLB. MLB it was a national NL, NLCS two thousand six. When was that? Saturday or Sunday? Saturday it was Friday or Saturday. Well they were they were streaming it was a the NLCS game seven. In 2006, when uh, the Cardinals had a great team, they had pull holes. They had everybody up there, actually. And our team was pretty good, too. And we had Sean Green up there. And I, everybody just knows Sean Green because he hit, like, four or six home runs or something like that in one game one year for us. Anyways, so, yeah. So, they got Sean Green, Chris Carpenter, Vernon Wells, and Lloyd Mosby. They got a pretty good, solid team yeah. there, man. So, and then at number 18, we have the Minnesota Twins at 19.5%. Okay. Their big hit is Joe Maurer, Torrey Hunter. Chuck Knobloch. Woo! Jay Bell, and then Denard Spahn. Man, I haven't heard Chuck Knobloch's name in a while. Yeah. Beast. Back in the day. So. Well, our day, not everyone's day. Yeah. <laughs> so, then the next one at number 17 at 20% is the Texas Rangers. Okay. We have Kevin Brown, Mark Chisera, Carlos Pena, R.A. Dickey, Dickey and Joe Coleman. And then the Dickey thing is more funny because he didn't do that until he became a Met and then to a Blue Jay. Right. And it was funny because uh, did Dickey win the Cy Young? With the Mets. And that's oh, when we yeah, traded man. him. So, so, yeah. So they would trade him for Noah this, and this, Travis Darnell. This had to have been our shining moment as Mets 
with trades because we usually pick up guys at the end of their career who suck. Like we get um, Jason Bay or somebody at the end of their career or Pedro when he's – everybody gets hurt when they come to us for mm-hmm. some reason. We got Dickey. He had his best season ever. We even got to see him play the, uh, the year after, I think, that he won the Cy Young or, or the year, that year. We saw that him, year we or saw the him, year before, something like that. Because he was out there throwing in the pin. And we're like, yeah. Dookie. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so then after he leaves, we got great people back. Ultimately, he, the best trade in Mets history Yeah, so because far. we got rid of him at the best time. So the funny thing during that time was I love the trade because Travis Darno was a top ca- catching prospect, which we needed. And then there was this pitcher called Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, man. And then Noah just skyrocketed that year through the minor league system and became his top prospect. And they're like, Mets really won. I, I that wonder trade. how we felt back then when we traded Dickey away. Because I, I know we like, both liked him. I liked him, but I know we needed young pitching, so I was perfectly fine with it. And I said it's probably gonna be his best year in his career, which ended up being Yeah, absolutely. So and then now that we got Noah out of it, I'll and Darno, I liked watching Darno yeah, play. Yeah, Darno was good. I, he unfortunately had those injuries, and so but now he's bounced back. He's with Atlanta. Who's his, bro- is his brother still? Hold on, does his brother play for Atlanta? I know his brother played in our division used, at one time. He used to, but I don't think no more. Was in Philly. Anyways, okay. Well, so, hey, that's pretty cool. All right, so next we have the Kansas City Royals at twenty point three percent. Ooh, I like the names on this one. They got Zach Greinke, Johnny Damon. You guys know you like Johnny Damon. Kevin Appier, Willie Wilson, and Alex Gordon. Yeah, solid, solid team. All right, so the next one at number 15 is Ooh. the Detroit Tigers. And I like their number one top pick because he's a ODU alumni. Yep, so Justin Verlander, Lance Parsons, Kurt Gibson, Travis Fryman, and then Rick Priscillo. So, and then what the biggest thing is Verlander with their first pick in 2004 draft. And, of course, you know, Padres wish they didn't select Matt Bush over <laughs> Verlander at number one that year. So Sounds like a NASCAR driver. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, next one, number 14 with the, the Angels. Angels at 21.2 is, of course, their top hit is the Mike Trout. The Mike Trout. Uh, Frank Fra- Tanana. Troy Glaus. Glaus, Jared Weaver, and then Dar- Darren Estrad. So. All right. Well, good. That's good for them. All right. Number 13, Philadelphia Phillies. They got my least favorite player in the whole world, Chase Utley. I hate that guy. Uh, Nicole Hamels, <laughs> Lonnie, Lonnie Smith, Smith okay. Greg Lewis. Lewisinski, and, so. John Stearns. All right. Yeah. You know, Cole in 2002, you know, Chase Utley in 2000. Oh, yeah. So they had some bunch of hits there, and that's what made that team win in 08 because they had a bunch of. And then next is our favorite team. The Mets. The Mets at 22.1. So their top hit is D- Dwight Gooden, David Wright, Daryl Strawberry, John Metlack, and then Scott Casimir. Kaz- Mets, you know, had number one pick five times. Joel Sprague be the number one hit. So, okay. Yeah, so, and then next, before we hit the top 10, is the Boston Red Sox at 22.1%. Their top Ooh. hit is Roger Clemens. All right. Jim Rice. No Mar Garcia, Para, hey. Bryce Huss, and then jo- uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. That's, so, that's pretty good. Pretty good know, company. Yeah. And then I thought, I loved it when I watched this and said, okay, so 28 players were choosing the first round of the 83 draft. Number 19 pick, Roger Clemens, finished war with the 139. The other 27 players combined for 56 war. Wow. 
Yeah, and it's crazy because I, I forgot Roger Clemens was that old. I was telling Alan, I was watching the 86 Mets plays, you know, since we had the coronavirus, and they're showing the old games on TV, and it was like game His six or seven. And all I know is this Roger is, Clemens out there pitching against the Mets. It's crazy, man. Th- that young rookie for the Red Sox. And then I see him again pitching in like, in like 2001 <laughs> or something. Like, I'm like, holy crap. He's been around forever. All right, so let's go to the top 10 they had. Top 10, number 10, the Miami Marlins. Wow. So they got 22.2. Their career war, people, is uh, Adrian Gonzalez, Lewis, Josh Beckett, Christian Yelich, Charles Johnson, Mark Kotsley, and then, of course, Jose Recipes. Fernandez. Yeah. And then, of course, they have a two plus, you know, there's one of their pitches this year. Andrew Hinn should get 2.9 this year. And then, of course, they have one big prospect at number JJ Blade. So, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, somewhat. Made them win their World Series. Yeah, that they got. Yeah, so. I mean Adrian Gonzalez is a great pick. He's one of the best first basemen I've seen, uh, right behind Pujols and McGuire probably. But he's up there, man. But they have a solid rate, but they also has a lot misses. <laughs> Josh Booty, Jamin Jones, Kyle Skipworth, and Tyler Noack, all been missed for them. So, so let's go to number nine, Cincinnati Reds. All right. So they got a 22.4% of their hits. Their big hits for their careers is Barry Larkin, Gary Nolan, Todd Frazier, Jay Bruce, Bernie Cabo, Don Gullett, Yasmani Grendel, Mike Leach, Austin Kearns, and then Dan Wilson. Mm. And they got five prospects in the top 100 this year. Ooh-wee. So they have a lot of heat coming up. So, you know, you know, Barry Larkin spent all 19 years with the Reds. Um, the, uh, you know, Gary Nolan, the big underrated part of the big red machine, the open day starter. He won 110 games for him. So, all right. Well, hey, that's pretty good. The big red machine, You don't, everybody remembers that. Uh, number seven. We have a tie, which this team did not surprise me that they're at the top of this list. Right. Every year they got the, the top prospects. And, yeah, so we the, have the, the Tampa tie. Bay Rays. The first one is Tampa Bay Rays. So the Tampa Bay Rays, they got a 10-plus career war six. Uh, we got Evan Longoria, David Price, Josh Hamilton, Melvin Upton Jr., or we know him as BJ, Blake Snell, and Rocco Baldelli. That is a really good company right there, man. Yeah, and then they got um, 300 top prospects. Um, and then, of course, they had the prospect this year, the number one. That should see some light of day in the next two years, most likely. So, look the, at look at their. The Rays had a top ten pick right. every year from ninety nine to two thousand eight, including wow. the number one overall four different times. They hit on five of those selections. That's pretty good. Pretty good odds. Evan Longoria, David Price, but barely, but madly missed on on Devin Young and Tim Beckett. Number one. Wow. And Tim Beckham. Yeah. Wow. So, but you know, every year, like that team just figures out that draft or they find trades and which get is prospects. which makes me wonder why the Yankees can't get it done when their counterparts are killing it. Yeah. And then another team they're tied with is the Arizona Diamondbacks at the 22.5. Their big hit is Max Scherzer, Justin Upton, AJ Pollock, Stephen Drew, Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley, and Carlos Quinton. Oh, you know, it's funny. These two teams are tied, and they both have something in common. They have an Upton brother in their top picks. Yep, and then they have two 100 top prospects the last two years. That probably makes some damage. So, Dimex didn't hit in the first round until they took 
Carlos Quentin, 29, in 2003. They didn't find success after trading in the White Sox. The most lopsided traded. Speaking of lopsided traded, the decision to flip Max Scherzer in a three-team three team trade to Detroit and the Yankees brought back Ian Kennedy and Edwin Jackson as a tough one to swallow. <laughs> wow. That sucks. <laughs> I'm not saying those guys aren't bad. They're good, but not for Max Scherzer. They're yeah. not that good. And I'm sure, like you said, when he came back, it was not the same. Yeah. So at number six, this another team that always has a young team drafts well is the Oakland Athletics. Wow, they got a lot. Yes. So at 23.5%, they're 10-plus career war people. Here we go. Wow. So we have Reggie Jackson, Mark McGuire, Chet Lemon, Eric Chavez, Rick Monday, Barry Zito, Mike Morgan, Nick Swisher, Mark Mulden, Matt Chaplin, Sonny Gray, Walt West, Hilton Street, Matt Olson, Joe Button, Dan Ford, Addison Russell, and Cliff Pennington. And, of course, they have one big prospect that should see the light of day this year with A.J. Puck. Oh, speaking of that, uh, like you said, they had Reggie Jackson, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that is the day. So you know, A selected Rick Monday, the number one, the first ever number one pick back in eight sixty five. He wanted to hit two hundred forty one home runs, made two All Star teams, and a solid nineteen career. Reggie Jackson was the number two pick in the sixty six draft. By sixty eight, he was an everyday player in the majors. He hit two hundred fifty. Four home runs, made six all-star appearances with the A's, winning the AL MVP in 73. So right. during the Moneyball era, they had seven of the first 39 picks, and only hits from that group was Nick Swisher, Joe Bonton, and Mark Turnt, who respectively had seven-year careers. So. Okay. All right. Well, number five is a new team we love to hate, the Houston Astros. And they have 23.9% hit rate. And they have a pretty good squad as well, yes, obviously. They do. So let's see. They have Craig Biggio, they got Lance Berkman, Billy Wagner, Floyd Bannister, George Springer, John Mayberry, Carlos Carrera, Alex Bregman, J.R. Richard, Phil Nevin, Jason Castro, and Todd Jones. And what's crazy about this one, they got Billy Wagner up there. Billy Wagner wasn't even scouted in his home uh, area where he grew up. They didn't even scout the guy. Yeah. So, you know, Craig Biggio was selected 22 over on the 87 draft. The same year, Griffey went number one. Whew. Griffey's the only other player in the first-round class that had more war than Biggio, who racked up 3,060 hits since 20 seasons on the way to Hall of Fame. Oh, man, those are great. The one, yeah, so this is, I remember this when this happened. Despite whiffing on Mark Appel, the number one 13, the falling to sign, failing to sign Brady Anchor, number one 2014, asked to still be able to build around a World Series winner. And chose Alex Bregman to pick they would receive falling from the Anklin not signing. Well, that's pretty good. They got Alex Bregman instead. It's probably a way better deal. Um, so. You know, and they cheated their way to the win, but hey. So we have number four. We have the Baltimore Orioles. Wow. So <laughs> here we go. They had 25% hit on their first-round picks. Their big one is Mike uh, Messina. Messina, Bobby Grinch, Manny Machado, Nick Barcagas, Brian Roberts, Jay G, uh, Jason Jeez. Worth, Ben McDonald, Matt Weeters, Pete Harsness, Rich Dower, Dower, Greg Olson, and Kevin Greg Olson, <laughs> Kevin G- Gosman, Gosman. Of course, Bundy is projected war, but he's not with a team no more. So I don't know why they didn't have him up there. And then, of course, they have a bunch of young prospects to come by. Wow, this they might have been number one if uh, they could have kept this up because I feel like lately their team hasn't been nowhere near that good. So, you know, the 90 draft included 10 first-round hits. Mike Musa- 
Mike Messina. Messina and Chipper Jones were the clear standouts of that draft. Absolutely. While Jones went number one, 18 teams passed on Mike when he finally got selected number 20. And then the 2010 standout, of course, Bryce Hopper went number one, May Machado at number three. For now, both Chase and Chris Sale, the only better war from that 2010 draft. Wow. So very, very good. So now the top three. Number three, the St. Louis Cardinals. All right. Yeah, so the St. Louis Cardinals, their hit rate's 27.4. Let's go through the names of these guys. Most of these guys, I feel like, look just skimming through it, look like a bunch of older players. It, yeah, definitely their highlights in the <laughs> older days. Yes. Right. So we have Ted Simmons, J.D. Drew, Andy Van Slyke, Brian Jordan, Gary Templeton, Lance Lynn, Terry Kennedy, Adam Kennedy, Matt Morris, Colby Rasmus, Leon Durham, Colton Wong, Dimitri Young, Luis Alicia, uh, Joe McGrain, Adam Atavino, and Todd Worrell. Wow. And, of course, they had Whew. two projected wars this year. Of course, the young guy, Jack, Jack, Jack Flaherty. Flaherty. Yeah, man. And the, um, Marco Gonzalez and Luke Weaver this year. Luke and, Weaver. And they have 300 prospects that most likely will sometime either this year or next year contribute to the team. No team had more than had more first-round picks over the years than 84 made by the Cardinals. Fact that they checked in at number three in the list with the largest sample size. Okay. So that when you're a very older team and you have the picks, they're definitely gonna be up there. Absolutely. So then we have number two, the Milwaukee Brewers. There is a thirty point two percent hit ratio. They got a bunch of older guys up here too. Exactly. So <laughs> Robin Yunt. Yunt. Paul Molitor. Gary Sheffield, Sheffield okay. Ryan Braun, Daryl Porter. B.J. Sherhoff, Sherhoff, Prince Fielder, Ben Sheets, uh, where am I at? Jeff Jenkins. Oh, yep. Uh, Gorman Thomas, Dan Plzik, Carl Edler, Brett Laurie, Lowry, uh, Jake Ozorizzi, <laughs> uh, Ricky, Ricky Weeks, Weeks. Oh, Mitch Ricky Weeks. Hanger, and then Bill Spears. Spears. They have two um, two plus projected uh, war this year. And I think no prospects. Yeah, no prospects. Okay. So a lot of older teams. Um, Brewers is the only team without a top 100 prospect. Wow. Wow. Probably because they had to trade them to Miami for Yellage and all those stuff they did. Wouldn't surprise me. Is, mm. I guess Kesson Hyra is not considered a prospect? or is it? Not anymore, yeah. That's okay. probably why. Oof, man. All right. Well, then, then we got our number one team. Interesting. Seattle Mariners. Wow. So their hit rate is 33.3%. Mm. And, you know, this is still a not young team, but younger yeah. of the teams. So here's their big hits. Alex Rodriguez, Kim Griffey Jr., mm. Adam Jones, Tina Martinez, Mike Moore, Dave Henderson, Jason Verachek, Bill Swift, Jose Cruz, uh, Gil Mees, Matt Meshi. Thorne, Spike Owen, Brandon Mao and then Sean Etz. Huh. They have two top 100 prospects. They'll probably most likely the year or two. But, you know, Mariners had terrific run in the 80s. Mike Moore, Spike Owen, Bill Swift, Ken Griffey, and Tito Martinez. Yeah, man. That's the te- part of the team that should have won a World Series and never did. <laughs> Who are you telling? Oof. And then, you know, they selected Alex Rodriguez in 93, Jason Verachek in 14, 94. And then Jose Cruz, number three in 95. And then consecutive first-round picks in the 90s. 
with two all-time greats and the impact players behind them, it's not surprised that Mariners claim the number one spot. So, so yeah, so that is a top one his and I don't say a lot of them surprised me. Not really. No, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's pretty pretty interesting though. Yeah, it was a very interesting list to go through to see some of these players and some of these names. Name some of these guys you haven't heard about in a while, like Tino Martinez or Ricky Weeks, and then forget <laughs> that you know, like like you said, like Max Scherzer was with the Diamondbacks and traded for one of the lopsided trades. Wait, what year did he get drafted for the Diamondbacks? <sighs> I'm just wondering, did he, did he have a chance to play with Randy Johnson? Uh, maybe. I'm trying to think <laughs> when that trade happened. Edwin Jackson, God, he's up there. So those were probably in the prime of his career. I think Max only played like a year or two with Diamondbacks before he got traded. So they really didn't see his potential. It's just, ugh. All right. So, all right, we're going to take a quick little pause for our sponsor. We'll be right back. All right, everyone, welcome back. So now it's time to look a little bit Mets news. Um, fortunately, the first thing is a little sad. Um, so I've actually been following for a couple of years now since I've seen a lot of Mets picks. Um, but Mets players, I'll remember the New York um, Post uh, photographer of, you know, he sadly passed away from, uh, you know, COVID-19, Anthony um I think it's, I don't want to butcher the name, but it's like Kazi, I think. Um, but loved his pictures, like, you know, between the seven lines stuff, like he really enjoyed. And then the stories that some of the Mets players said, and even not even Mets player no more, Zach Wheeler, mm-hmm. how friendly he was. Like he told Zach when he got engaged, I'm going to take your engagement <laughs> photos. He drove an hour on his day off to take the photos of Zach and his wife. And a lot of players do remember him. Apparently he's a great guy, a lot of people said. Um, Noah said, you know, He's devastated. Anthony was one of the best in the business, true professional. He was kind, genuine, good personal friend. Everyone who knows him is going to miss him. The brief time with Marcus Stroman, you know, one of the most genuine guys in, in the game of baseball. Brought nothing but positivity vibes every day. May your soul rest in peace. All right. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and it's just sad. I saw actually two weeks ago he posted that this is no joke. He was on a ventilator, and then the news broke Sunday night. I was like, "Damn!" So yeah, man, it's crazy because a lot more people are hitting closer to home are starting to get it too. Yeah, like I know some people that are working in uh, the healthcare industry, and they've been washing their hands, taking their clothes off, doing everything they got to do, and washing it right away, and this and that, and they even got it. So it, it can happen to everyone. So don't take this lightly, everyone. Yeah, like this is we we might be slowly flattening, but it's not going to go away anytime soon. All right. Well, so let's get some actually little Mets news. And first thing first is our former captain, a little in the news. David Wright. Uh, so I guess David Wright sees a lot of the captain and Pete Alonzo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, um, you know, visit during spring training, you know, Wright was impressed with the sense of camaraderie, the Mets clubhouse, and that saw Alonzo as a, a player around which seemed to gravitate to, like some of the other players are the most visible Mets in recent years. There have been calls by fans to give the 25-year-old Alonzo the team captainly already. I think it's a little early. Me too. I think he's going the right direction, but if Wright sees it, I know I kind of see it a little bit. He's embraced the culture in baseball mm-hmm. in New York, especially with his, like we talked about, his Instagram posts and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's he's going the right direction. 
especially getting the, the captain's blessing, I think. Is right. Definitely. And like I said, it's pretty crazy to think, uh, I mean, if you get a captain's blessing and you're a rookie, basically, and they, and they all think you could be the captain, then you must be doing something right. And I think I get it. I mean, he's young. He's bringing the energy and he's trying to ramp up the fans. He's he's trying to get everybody involved in believing what the Mets believe. Yeah. So we all know he's doing the right direction. Um, the group is pretty cl- uh, close knit and I'm not around a lot, but... The follow it far right told the post in a conversation on the phone. It seems like they've got pretty good rap with one another. The young players seem to like they don't want they don't want to say look up, but it seems like a great deal of respect for Pete. And obviously, it's off to a great start. So, time will tell. I think if you know another year or two does well, he signs an extension where he's gonna be there longer. Then sure, yeah, right. It's too early right now. Yeah, I agree. If you sign an extension, you're gonna be here for the long run. Yeah, then yeah, makes Give sense. Him, if he's done well three years, he's shown the ability. He's consistent. Yeah, you time to give him the captain title after a couple of years. So okay. And then this one broke today. Um, yesterday it kind of broke that uh, NASCAR driver Kyle said, Larson. Kyle Larson said a racial slur on Twitch, and well, Strowman challenged him to a UFC fight. Yeah, man. I mean, I guess Kyle Kyle Larson thought that his uh, his feed was cut, and he dropped the N bomb. Um, and you know, since then he's been fired. Uh, he he's got, got suspended first, and he got fired today. He's got to go through um, sensitivity classes. Uh, I mean, he's a really good driver. He's he's top seven, top ten uh, this year all the time, and he's he's probably gonna get back into it. But you know, Strowman challenged him to a UFC fight. I doubt that'll happen. Uh, my only thing is that Kyle Larson's giving us half Japanese Americans bad rap because uh, he's half Japanese, so am I. <laughs> so it's not a good look, man. So Turman tweeted this. He should never be allowed to race again in NASCAR. He said that's a word that's non, you know, your apology doesn't matter. Post-career, I'll fight you, man, a UFC charity event. He needs his ass beat. Would love to hear him say the word in the octagon. So... Like, at first, I'm like, what do you really say? Then when I watch the clip, I'm like, bro. <laughs> and then when he said, apparently, he then but still, like, come on. I haven't seen it, so I, I, I can't yeah, like, speak I, on that. You know, it was Saturday night. He apparently didn't think he was on, but, you know, whatever. So that's it. Quick little Mets news. There's really not many of course, not much in baseball. Yeah, there's not much going on. We're trying to make it happen, though. So, so uh, <laughs> the, the next one, literally, I think, what, the day after we recorded last week's episode – this broke, and I'm like, this can be the major discussion next week. Yeah, so, it's, it's definitely interesting to think about. So, um, you know, last week we talked about, you know, baseball considering doing everything in Arizona. I think it was going to be tight. We both agreed on that. Well, now came a day later that they're now considering realigning MLB for the season in Florida and Arizona as the Cactus League versus the Florida Grapefruit League. And then there would be the divisions – not like they were. <laughs> yeah, so this would make it interesting because, like, you know, we're so used to seeing the game played one way, the teams playing against each other all year long. Well, if they change it up and they get the Grapefruit League versus the Cactus League, this puts a wrench in a lot of people's plans. A lot. Some divisions are a little easier for others than some divisions. Is whew. Yeah, I think me and Alan both agreed that we think there's uh, – in the Cactus League, which would be in Arizona – uh, we think that the West would be pretty tough, and then in the Grapefruit League in Florida, we think that the South Division would be pretty tough. Yeah. So let's let's break it down. So, so what do we got? So I think this makes the most logistic sense, trying to have 30 teams in one location. So where these are their, almost their, 
their facilities, so they're used to it. They probably their houses they rent for spring training. Right. They probably can be able to get those easier because you know have people better are not accommodations. Tra- they're not traveling, so people they can probably rent or some people own their houses down there. That's fine. They'll most likely still use, they say, um, Miami Marlins Stadium and Tampa Bay Stadium. Okay. And, of course, Arizona will use the Arizona Diamondback Stadium. So let's go through the Cactus League. So if they realign, change the divisions. So we have the Northeast in the Cactus League. We have the Chicago Cubs, the San Francisco Giants, Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies, and then Oakland Athletics in that division. Okay. So you have, what is that? Wow, so that one's actually four teams from the NL and one from the AL in that division. Okay. Um, so then in the West, which is what we thought was being I the toughest one. This is probably the toughest division. We have the Dodgers, the Reds, the White Sox, the Indians, and the Angels. So this one has a three AL teams and two NL teams. Then the Northwest, which I think is actually the probably weakest. Okay. Is you have the Milwaukee Brewers, Padres, Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, and then Kansas City Royals. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, Kansas City is rebuilding. Yep. Texas is kind of their, Seattle's rebuilding. Absolutely. Padres don't know what they're doing yet. They need to compete. And then Brewers. So, yeah. Then we go to the Grapefruit League, which is interesting. So, (laughs) the North, I think, is the easiest division out of this in this Florida League. Still not a given, though. But not given, but I think you're th- definitely your two bottom teams are the two Absolutely. weakest teams Absolutely. in baseball. I can agree. Besides the Orioles. But so you have Yankees and Phillies, Toronto Blue Jays, Detroit Tigers, and Pittsburgh Pirates. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That would be tough. Yeah. It'd be cool to see uh, Bryce Harper playing a lot of the Yankees, though, at times. Um, but yeah, that is that is definitely a tough division. Um and then the next one is the South, and this is the one we think was probably one of the toughest. This one, <laughs> I feel bad for some of these teams. Yeah, well, I feel bad for the Orioles. They can go over. Um, so we gotta, <laughs> we're going to have the Red Sox, Tampa Bay Rays, the Braves, and the Twins, and, and then, then the Orioles. Then the Orioles. That's, I mean, that's tough. We, me and Alan, we, we think that, what, at least three, possibly so four out of the five if, teams? If you think about it. Twins were division winner last year. Braves were division winner, and then Tampa Bay was the wild card team. Yeah, Braves won what a hundred games. And All twins. of them. Oh, well, yeah. no, Braves didn't quite get there. They were okay. like ninety five, but still, Twins and Tampa Bay was almost there, but still solid. And then it's our division that the Mets are in. I think it's even probably even close to being harder if you think about it between last year's team. You had the you had three out of the four championship teams at the final <laughs> four in this division. You have the. Washington Nationals and the Astros, of course, in the World Series. But this is the funny thing. Remember, they share a spring training facility. Yep. And then you have the Mets, the Cardinals, who, of course, Nationals beat to go to the World Series, and then the Miami Marlins. Yeah, that's crazy, man. The only good thing I see coming out of that is that we get to boo the Astros even harder. But you're right, man. That's tough. You got three really solid teams in the division with us. Yeah. Um, the other thing I thought is pretty cool, though, is that the the Mets and the Yankees are in the same division, basically, or, you know, the same side. So they, Yeah, so uh, they'll play more. That's what I'm saying. That's the same thing. Um, and the Red Sox and the Twins. It's be interesting to see these teams um, that don't normally play each other a lot. And it's one thing I heard people say there'd be a lot more Chicago games because White Sox and Cubs are in the same. Yeah, yeah. So they'll get to play more to kind of get that rivalry maybe started again. So it'd be cool because you're going to see a lot of teams that, that may never even faced each other like some of these guys might never even face these pitchers, and now they're going to be playing against them. Yeah, 
so that that'll make it interesting for sure. But <laughs> what'll make it even more interesting is who's going to be in the playoffs. So after this talk about, we know we talked about we text like you see this like this is going to be interesting. Um, first thing first um, is like who won the division? The rewards are they going to count the same? And then, but right. my first thing first we need to talk about is the DH. DH. That is absolutely right. So if Miles Lee, what I'm thinking is DH is going to be universal for this year. And this would be a good testing year for the DH to do this situation. The NL, exactly. It, it was possibly something that could start next year for the NL. This could be a great transition period because, like you said, okay, our division, what we ha- most of all of them are NL besides the Astros. But then you have one team which is all AL and one NL. So, so you know what else this, this is good, though? Because this will give some guys the opportunity to become a DH. So I know that Christian Walker was raking in the minor leagues, and he never got the call because they never had a spot for him because there was always a guy who signed a big contract playing first base. But if you got a guy in a minor league system who's killing it with his bat, this will give him the opportunity to get up there and play every day. And then most likely it, when they start, they said they're going to probably expand the roster for more pitchers and maybe an extra. Yeah. And we already said there was already going to be an extra bat on the bench between the 26 players. This is going to maybe create spots for young guys to come up to be the DH That's or what I'm play saying. a little bit. Sort of like, okay, so the person playing second base, he can be the DH for this game and you can play second. Exactly. And 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 also what I'm, th- what I'm thinking is for the Mets, we had an issue like who's going to play in the outfield. Well, guess what? If Cespedes isn't 100% outfield, he can be the DH or something. Exactly. And, and now we have room for – And he might even be more healthier now being an extra month or two out of baseball. <laughs> he might be ready to go by the time the thing starts up. So it's definitely going to be very interesting. And then Yankees are used to DH, but then it's just – and then the parks can be different, the wind of Florida. Right, and this, this brings me back to one of our first episodes when we said um, – what would happen if the, they implemented a, a universal DH? I know we both said we love seeing big, sexy rake and some of the pitches that can, but I am very interested in seeing yeah. how this works out with a DH for universal. Because especially pitchers if just got to worry about signed on, and when they have a couple weeks to figure this out, these NL managers now got to think about: okay, I get to carry a, a DH player, yeah, because I don't have to have my pitcher, and then that's going to change the lineup they've been thinking about. Probably most likely these coaches are thinking about their lineups right now, who, who's going to play against what. And then now they're going to be like, wait, we might get DH. Yeah, so we have nine guys that can rake. We got one guy who, if he needs a day off, he can just be the DH, and he doesn't really have to – we don't have to lose his bat in the lineup. That's exactly. the big thing. That's the big key issue right so here. So some of these – like this will greatly, I, greatly affect the Dodgers because they've got so many bats and who's going to play what position. Now you have a DH. Especially the young guys, they have prospects ready to go. Yeah. They can play and let the older guys DH for that game or they vice versa. Exactly. So so this will help out, especially if we have a shortened season or if we have to play some more double headers because yeah. the, the veterans will have time to rest their legs exactly. playing in the DH spot. This benefit everyone. And then most likely, you know, the minor leaguers will be close because minor leaguers are not going to come to the minor league stadiums. They're going to be down there too. Yep. Some form of expedition games, practicing, whatever they do decide on with those. But, oh, what, we need them for a game or call them up? Oh, they're 30 minutes away. I think this is a no-brainer. They have Definitely. to implement this. This it, is something that has yeah. to happen this year. This makes more logic than having teams but all in Arizona. Everyone's, you know, the Grapefruit League and stuff. They need the DH. This is a great, like we said, NL can see how it works. It works well. 
DH throughout the whole league next year. Yeah, yeah. as much as I love seeing the pitchers hit, because I do, I love seeing them, I do think that the AL has an unfair advantage because they don't ha- their pitchers don't have to hit. All they have to do is focus on pitching, pure yeah. pitching. That's it. They do their job. They right. don't have to go in there, stand in a plate, get a 100-mile power right. Especially ball with by them. You want to come in the dugout. You want to see who, like, where those pitches went. You want to look at pictures. Right. Like, see where those balls were. You thought they were close, where they actually were. No, oh, wait, I got to go on deck because I got to hit next. Exactly. And the only advantage that the National League pitchers get is they get one extra strikeout most of the time when they p- face the pitcher. But I think they would much rather not have to worry about laying down a bunt and getting the last out and making their team lose to where you can get a number nine guy who can actually hit, and then that gives your leadoff guy a lot more momentum going into it. Also, I bet this will help baseball TV ratings because then it most likely might be more runs. Well, you I, have an extra bat. I think the way if they if they seriously start off this way, it's going to help out ratings a lot because you're having teams that aren't have nothing to do with each other, not no business being in the same division, playing in a division that's been created out of thin air. Yes, I, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, we're we are the you know <laughs> we're the Florida Grapefruit Champions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we got to we're going to ra- raise the banner, man. That, oh, dude, <laughs> just imagine seeing your banner. You know, NL Pennant. You know, NL East Champions, and then what you're going to put. Grapefruit champions. Yes, think about it, and that, ha- and I think that has some more value to it at this point because if we are the grapefruit champs, that means we went through Red Sox, we went through the Yankees, we went through Tampa Bay, we went through the cheating Astros and the Braves. I'm just saying, yeah, it has a little better ring to it. Yeah. And you know what's crazy to think about is like, could this mean that two AL teams could meet in the World Series or two NL teams? Ultimately. There's a good chance. Now that is also We're crazy. About to talk about that. That's I'm that's to, something interesting right there. I'm about to kind of do my picks a little real quick. And see <laughs> what. So we got north, south, and east for Florida, and then we got north, east, west, and northwest, and then of course two wildcard teams because they're gonna keep the same. There's no expanding playoffs this year. That's definitely probably gonna be next year. All right. Who are y'all picking this divisions? Please tell us. Who do you guys think are coming out of here? And do you think we're gonna see an all AL or all NL World Series? Man, this South. I'm gonna come back to you. Now, did they say that the divisions, the leagues, is is this how they're gonna do? They said they want to keep it to where the stadiums are, and these were all of them are closer. But what I'm saying is, are they gonna go by the best records and then realign the AL versus the NL, or are they gonna do it by division or by league? By the league. Okay. Do, 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 do. <clears throat> so while Alan's doing that, um, let's see. The Northeast is going to have the Diamondbacks, Cubs, Rockies, San Francisco, and A's. I'm just trying to think. If the Yankees... Hmm. All right, well, let's start off, man. It's not that hard. Let's just throw it out there. All right, right, so what do you got? What do you want to start with? Let's start with the Cactus League. All right, so with the Cactus League, who's your Northeast winner? Northeast, I'm going to go with Oakland. The A's? Yes. Okay, absolutely. And I'm going to agree with you. So I say the A's take the Northeast. Uh, From the West, 
I have the Dodgers. I still have it. Dodgers. I think they're too complete team to compete with. Like White that's, Sox and Reds are coming a, up. This is tough. Indians. This and this dude. This could be even why the Indians trade Lindor. Mm. Look at the division they're in. Yeah. Like if they start off slow, they might trade them. Oof. And then Angels, they need a pitching, and I don't know where they're gonna get that yeah, yet. So I know you and I originally had the Angels squeaking into the playoffs. If this with this setup, I don't, I don't have them, see them. I don't have them getting not the playoffs, this year. They no. need some pitching to get out something. of this division. Uh, they should have been in the Northeast division on this. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you got there in the Northeast? Uh, I mean Northwest or, or Northwest. I'm sorry. Uh, I Brewers. They should have been in Northwest. If the Angels are in the Northwest. That would have been a game changer. Um, yeah. I also have the Brew Crew. Yeah, because Padres, we don't know if Seattle's building. Texas can make a run in Kansas' building. So then the wildcard teams, I would I had Cubs down for one. I, I'm gonna have I'm gonna put down the Diamondbacks for one. I like the Diamondbacks. I was thinking maybe there might be two from that division. I'm not sold on the Cubs yet. I think the next one's coming out of the West. Who do you think? White Sox or Reds? I'm going to go with the White Sox, man. I told you I like their team. I like the White Sox. I think – no. okay, look. <laughs> I'll put now – I do like – I think it's going to be – God. Dude, why well, haven't if it's Cubs and White Sox for the Walker game? That would be great. That would be great for TV. Yeah. That would be good. Especially for Chicago. It's like both of them are – because, you know, you, they, they, there's not a chance for them to ever play in the playoffs. I can see that. I can see Cubs I can, and White Sox. Yeah. Okay, like, Diamondbacks can be a possibility too somehow. I close. like that. But Cubs and White Sox, I can see that. And like we both said a couple episodes ago, I believe we said this is the Cubs' time to do what they got now. This is like they yeah, one of the last year because exactly. they're going to start losing players. So, yeah. I, I, I just, yeah, yeah I I'll feel, go Chicago's. For, I feel bad for the Angels the way they got put into this. But, uh, nope, not this year, guys. Yeah, with, Rendon's going to do well with Mike Trout, but they don't have the pitching yet. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to completely get them out. Like, they're not, they're not on my Orioles list, but they're, they're, they're teetering. Um, I, yeah, so... And the other another thing, there could be a wild card out of the Northwest, maybe just because of the the teams that are in it, just because they don't really play anybody hard for real. I would see if Padres can make some moves, I can see them. But Texans can be that dark horse. They could be. All right, so yeah. for sure we got the the dot. You and I both agree the Dodgers are in there. We yep, think Dod- the Brewers are good. And, um, and, and A's. Oakland, yep. For sure. Um, and then it could be the Cubs. I can see a Chicago wildcard game. Diamondbacks, Sox. Yeah. I'm not counting. The whole West, I think, could easily be one of the wild cards. Anybody in there. Yeah. I'm not. That, that whole division is tough. The Reds, you know, they do yeah. a lot of moves. I'm not counting anybody <sighs> out. No, nobody out of that one. Not yet. Cleveland, if they don't start strong, they can trade Lindor. And and also, they can even trade their in their division rival in this year. They, they could. could trade... Um, Clevenger to the Angels. Okay. Oh yeah. If they go full rebuild mode, I don't know if they're going to do that. But, but I don't think Angels has anything to give them, really. So that's going to be an ultimate. Like you know, they'd have to get a third team involved, kind of, to get that done. But okay. you know, so that's going to be the Cactus League. Um, we'll go like our picks through the playoffs in a minute. <laughs> but Florida. All right, the North. I got I, the Yankees. Yeah, I I mean, Yankees you're not changing too. my mind. Yeah. Without that division, yeah, they're as much as I hate them, I got the Yankees. You know, um, Phillies will maybe give them a little tough games, and same thing with Blue Jays, but Tigers and Padres. I mean, and Pirates now. No, no, no. Uh, from the South, that's the tough one. I got to go with the Twins, man. I don't. I got to go with the Twins in this one. I was leaning towards the Braves. Yeah, I, and I completely agree. I was like torn between Twins and Braves, and I was like, I'll give Braves the upper hand right now. 
So, and then the East, I'm still gonna stick with my Mets. I'm gonna stick with them. Yeah, I gotta stick with the Mets. I, I think Houston, they're two much distractions. Nationals, we still don't know how the third baseman's gonna work out. Cardinals with losing um uh Ozina. Well, you know what I also like? I like the nationally east teams in here because they're more familiar with each other so they only have to figure out two teams the Astros need to figure out the whole squad and you know what I'm saying like plus they have too many distractions originally I was going to say the Astros could get a wild card but I don't think so Um, so since I had the twins winning I got my wild cards as the Braves Mm -hmm. and the Nationals so I have the since you know you have twins winning division and Braves getting the wild card I have twins getting the wild card, and then I also have the Rays getting the wild card. That's that's good. I'm just looking at the the competition yes. league, league wise. I'm thinking. I think what what the South's the South gonna is gonna be, tough, man. This South is gonna be. I think um, that's tough. Like the Central last year, I'm, I'm where th- it comes down to like last couple weeks. I don't know, man. I'm thinking that every yeah, but I'm thinking everybody up here is going to be battling each other within that division. It's going to be tough to get a solid good win streak going because they're all good teams. Yeah. That's why I'm giving the Nationals the benefit of the doubt because they got to steamroll the Mar- or Marlins, and then we got St. Louis and the Astros. The Astros have some distractions. And then, of course, with if they do do this, the biggest thing is, are they only going to play teams in Florida? That's what I'm saying. No traveling to, you know, so how many times are going to play the other divisions and stuff? Mm. When that schedule comes out, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. How many games? Is it 100 games? Is it 150? So, so this is the way too way early, too early predictions. Like, predictions. Let, let me get a schedule, and then we might change this Then we up. can, yeah, negotiate, like, hey, look, they have this many games at this team, this team. But, but okay. best believe, if we get a schedule, we're going re- to revisit this topic because we're going to have a completely different discussion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so, all right, so what do we got down then? So how is this playoff going to work? Um, so let's see. Let's break it down one second. Let's see. So hold on. All right. So let's break down who we think would win in the playoffs and how it would line up. All right. So my picks for Florida, Yankees with number one seed, Mets at number two, uh, Braves at number three, Twins at four, and Rays at five. All right. I have the Yankees number one, Mets number two, Twins are at three, and then I got the wild cards, Nats and Braves. All right. Um, I guess we'll just break down Florida real quick. So, out of the wildcard teams, I have the Twins winning. Okay. For mine, so they'll face the Yankees. Okay. And, of course, Braves and Mets will face each other. <laughs> All right. And then who comes out? So, then I have Yankees versus Mets in the championship round. Do you have – who do you have coming out of that? I have the Mets coming out of that one. Bre- All right. Barely. So, so, we're not too far from each other. Um, realistically, maybe I change this a little bit. But guess what? It's my show. All right. So I have Yankees against uh, – well, okay, wild card game. I have Nats and Braves. I got the Braves beating the Nats. Mm-hmm. I have the Yankees and the Braves. I got the Yankees coming out of that. Uh, Mets versus the Twins. The Mets win that game or that series. And then I got the Mets-Yankees. We're back to the Subway Series. Well, in Florida, so I don't know what you call that. Yeah. Um, and then I got the Mets coming out of that too. Okay. <laughs> so then the Cactus League, I have the Dodgers at number one. I have Oakland at number two, Brewers at number three, Cubs at four, and White Sox at five. Okay. I got L.A. ranked number one. I have the uh, A's as two, Brewers Brewers are three, and then Diamondbacks and Sox are my wild cards. Okay. So then in the wild card game, I have the White Sox winning. Me too. 
So then they'll face the Dodgers, and then Oakland and, and Brewers would face. Then this, I, we're right here. We're on the same page. Then I would have the Dodgers and Oakland face each other. Okay, we're abs- we're perfect right now. I got and the same thing. And then I have Dodgers winning. All right, so you and I have the exact same So then picks. The Mets and Dodgers Mets for and, the World ugh. Series, whatever you would call it. But you know what? It'd be, it'd be, okay, so who do you have winning? <sighs> it'd be real close, but I think it'll go seven, and I think maybe the Mets could squeak it out. I think it absolutely goes seven. Um, somehow we get on a big history game set. We have a healthy lead. We win like six to three. <laughs> I, I hope, I wish that Noah didn't get hurt because this was uh, yeah. a lot of people were saying it was going to be the NL pennant, possibly Dodgers versus Mets before Noah went down. Ah, so we have an all NL World Series. Yes. And we have the Mets winning it all. And then next year we have them raise the banner of the Grapefruit League champions or the and World Series. Well, both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm saying both. Because we crushed the Grapefruit League and we crushed the World Series. So, hey. But, yeah, just the thought of when I was bringing it down that, you know, in the Florida League Championship Series, you see the Yankees, which would have been the World Series matchup that we actually talked about maybe could happen this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Either way, if if we have a series where the Yankees and the Mets are playing each other – and then we have and just the think Mets about it. and the Dodgers. If you think about it, in the championship round, you have California teams versus each other and the New York teams facing each other. Yeah, man. And then, you know, and then most likely, I think they're going to play in Miami. It'll be East Coast, West Coast. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they will. Well, by that time, hopefully. Well, see, because it'll be November. Well, hopefully we're so, we're, we move back. I don't know. I don't know. But because it's the winter, that's going to be the thing. They're going to have to play in warm climates. So what I think they could do if they want to do like a – two different roads they could do Tampa Bay and Miami as the two different teams. They could, yeah. switch it back and they, forth. I mean, but at that point, they're still playing at a neutral site. I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Or if I can, you know, I could see two. I can see Miami and then I can see Arizona. Yeah. Because it'd be close to California if, say, Dodgers and Oakland kind of represent one of them. I don't know. It depends on what NL decides and what they, you know, agree upon, well, neutral site. Well, actually, so now that we're talking about it, we have a couple of dark horses in here because think about it, the Marlins and Tampa Bay are basically playing home games the whole year. Close, yeah. That mm-hmm. might as well be. I mean, they're in their element. Well, I think Miami really won't matter. And then Tampa the, Bay might matter. And then in the Cactus League, you got a couple teams that are playing right there as well. So, I mean, it's yeah. Well, either way, it'd be fun to see this then, happen. If this scenario pans out anywhere, then, anything near this. And then briefly, we can kind of talk about the rewards. And <laughs> the MVP of the Grapefruit League, Ooh. of the Cassis League. Oh, man. Cy Young's. If you just look at the teams. I don't know, man. This is tough. So, you know, the like we said in the um, – God, like just look at the list. Like, you know, Yankees, Braves, Mets, Twins, and Rays for the Florida – of course, you're thinking DeGrom, Garrett Cole for pitching-wise right off the bat. We got a lot of batters in there, too. And then even Braves, they're young, you know, with Max Fred and them. It's like, ugh. Then your MVPs, yeah, Alonzo, Acuna, Yankees, you're talking about. If Judge, Sean Judge Carlos is, Stanton, yeah. who knows? And then you go to Cactus League. Of course, you think MVP, you think Mike Trout. Yeah. But then Dodgers are right there. So you got Mookie, you have Bellinger. If the Angels could – overcome the West Division and win it, Mike Trout would absolutely have to win it in yeah, the like You think of all those teams and then you know Cubs with the Bruzo and Bryant, teams that you you wouldn't think have to worry about for the for like Mike Trout. 
this is a year if Mike Trout wins MVP because he has a lot more competition probably this year. This would be weird for the yeah you're right, and this would be absolutely weird for like the Golden Gloves or the Silver Sluggers, yeah, or, or any anything because you have two leagues inter. Especially if like you know the two top players at like say first base, but in the same Cactus League, mm-hmm. that means someone for, gets a chance to get it that year. Hey man, I'm I'm interested. If they do this, <laughs> I'll be I'll be happy because we'll get baseball sooner rather than later. And I'll be even more interested because it, the way it's set up, it's completely random, and it's like, why not? This year's crazy, anyways. Let's have a crazy yeah. league. I don't think. And then this could be where baseball can flourish for TV. Ah. If they are the first sport to be on TV back, everyone's going to watch baseball. Well, if they set it up like this, everybody's going to watch it because your divisions are completely random. Yes. Think, think about like. The Cowboys are in New England's division or something. It's just that does not happen. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is if this takes on, what does this mean for the future in these divisions? Could there be a shakeup brewing? That's what future? I'm saying. Not, not only, especially like you said, if they do expand, right? Do they shake it up? Do they they might they might shake it up because this is absolutely and it makes more sense because instead of you know. ALNL, there could be a West Coast, East Coast. Exactly. You could be like a hockey, East Coast, West Coast. Yeah. And this, this so this is getting me excited, and we're not even, this God, is not even happening. Mets and Yankees could be in the same division. That would be crazy. Wow. <laughs> now think about that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So, so thinking about it on a larger scale, if this was an absolute, t- if it took off because the ratings just were too crazy to yeah, ignore. Especially like Chicago get to play each other. Right. Dodgers get to play the Angels, Giants, and this, like, and and another thing, it, it makes um, it's just crazy to think about uh, <laughs> is if they did do this, uh, like I said, the DH. That's the craziest thing because at least keep the DH because I feel like we need it at this point. But if you shake it up, it's it's just a whole different discussion. Yeah, because if you get um thirty two teams, you're talking about sixteen teams. Yeah, they're gonna have to switch it up somehow. Wow. We'll see what this happens. Yeah, what this, this creates. We'll Let us know what you guys think. Do you think that if the league is set up this way, where the AL and NL are meshed together and they're playing like random shakeups and divisions, do you think they should keep this going, or what? What should they do? Yeah, should it be an East Coast or West Coast split, like hockey, make new divisions, where there's more rivalry, close, like you know, like you said, Chicago, they would face each other more. New York face each other more, like. Man, like so, Miami would you know and, Tampa Bay, and this will Atlanta. potentially bring out more fans in the stands because they're playing somebody completely different than seeing the Nationals and Mets play for the third time of the year. Yeah, and I think it would actually division games will be less travel because they're closer. Man, well, fans would travel more. This will be interesting. We'll see. We'll, if, we'll, we'll see think what about happens, it. We'll think know? about it. <laughs> you guys think about it. We'll we'll see how we feel about this. Yeah. In the future. So um, that's all we get for this week, guys. <laughs> um, We'll see what happens. Maybe a deal gets done where they're going to play in either Arizona, both in Arizona and Florida. Who knows? Yeah, Sports you, are crazy right now. Like we said, we're almost at day 30, whatever it is. But, you know. Best believe if there's some baseball news going on, you guys are going to hear from us first. Yeah. So y'all be safe. Catch y'all next time. All right, guys. Thank you for checking out this episode. Please share us if you enjoyed this content. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Double A Sports Podcast. Catch y'all next week. Peace. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste.
shoulders on ice for y'all. A6 all the hate. I work in a bar today. Got lost in the ball and A's. I'm flipping the bars, I'm flipping the flipping the flipping the all record, off record. I still count wins when they get it. All record, off record. I let them take it.